0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, September 8, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. Utah has taken an unusual step to keep kid-owned businesses from being ensnared in government requirements for licenses and other regulation. The state's solution? Almost no regulation at all. Connor Boyack is the founder of the Libertas Institute in Utah. We spoke at the State Policy Network annual meeting last week. We all see these examples of young people, uh, we're talking very young people, uh, people in the single digits, if you will, who are, they got a business, typically a a poorly assembled lemonade stand, or maybe they're mowing lawns, maybe they're doing something like that, uh, and the police will shut them down
1: over uh, what amounts to a permit. Yeah, that's precisely it. And oftentimes, an expensive permit. These little five-year-olds are being told they have to go pay 150 bucks or 400 bucks in one case. You know, certainly they're not going to make enough profit from their business to do that. In some cases, these objections are health based. They'll say, well, you need a health inspection. We need to make sure that your lemonade is not, you know, tainted or whatever. But in many cases, it's just a standard business permit. They just are supposed to go to the city, fill out a form, and pay them money for the blessing and privilege of working. The nice thing about these stories is that they resonate with people. As these stories pop up in national media from time to time, people are outraged. They just can't understand why little kids. Kids should have to do this. They, they think it's unfair when little kids are being shut down by police. And, you know, these happen, these happen from time to time. In 2011, there was this big wave, a lot of media attention, and then it's died down, but it's still happening. If you Google, you know, lemonade stand shutdowns, you'll find more recent ones. And what's interesting is that the police officers, in many cases, the police chiefs themselves, will justify their actions. They understand they're losing the PR battle, that nobody likes this. But here in one case, uh, this was a police officer who shut down the uh, Midway Lemonade Girls. This was a, a group of girls in Georgia who set up a lemonade stand. They'd even obtained corporate sponsors. They were you know, doing pretty well. But this police chief, he said... We told them, you know, we understand you guys are young, and this is a direct quote, but still, you're breaking the law, and we can't let you do it anymore. The law is the law, and we have to be consistent with how we enforce the laws. It, it seems awful that you that one of the first messages that you
0: send to a you would send to a child about entrepreneurship is that you need the
1: government's permission in order to do it. Precisely. In fact, I'm so glad you brought that up. The father of a four-year-old girl, Abigail, whose lemonade stand was shut down, he was quoted in the press saying, if the line is drawn to the point where a four-year-old can't sell a couple glasses of lemonade for 25 cents, then I think the line has been drawn at the wrong spot. So what has Utah done? So in Utah, you know, we see these stories come up a lot, and we actually started from a different angle. Four years ago, we started trying to uh, protect home-based businesses, just in general, for adults. We thought it was silly, under similar arguments, that uh, someone who's a blogger and earning revenue, or an attorney sitting at a computer or whatever, would have to pay a permit to the government. That just made no sense. There was no value there. There was no service being provided. And the permit is... It's just a piece of paper saying
0: you've sought the government's permission, you received the government's permission, proceed apace. There's no... There's no value,
1: as yeah, you said Yeah, nor privileges conferred or anything like that. And so the cities, of course, fought back because this is substantial revenue for the cities to just be getting this money. Uh, so it took us four years, but we finally got that bill passed. And so uh, in addition to this uh, more children-focused thing, we were able to uh, shield adult uh, home-based business owners from, from just the fees. So in Utah, they're still supposed to obtain a permit. They just don't have to pay any money. Well, what we did is we kind of threw into that bill the more um, emotional, Or endearing element, which is the children. And so, as part of that bill, we added an amendment that says, look, if you're under 18, not only do you not have to pay a fee, you don't have to get a permit, you don't have to get a license, you don't have to get anything. And so, for you mentioned, you know, lemonade stands, uh, lawn mowing businesses, babysitting, all these things that younger kids like to do, uh, there is actually now a free market. I mean, the taxes we can address perhaps another time, although most kids uh, are operating in a black market under the table, of course but, uh, which we love and encourage by the way. Uh, but, but in terms of, you know, getting that permission, getting those permits, they, they no longer have to do that. And so these kids are just able to reap the profit gain and more importantly, gain the experience. The biggest travesty here is, as you said, if the first lesson is that they have to, you know, kiss the ring and get this arbitrary permit, that's a problem. But now their experience is, Oh wow, I can go learn business and entrepreneurship and customer interaction, everything else. So, um, it seems like this is a franchise, that has been
0: extended uh, to children or w- below, beneath what age? Uh,
1: 18. So it's 18 and under. Yeah. Well,
0: that that's incredible. Yeah. And it's the kind of franchise that somebody who's 22 might look at and say, "Boy, I
1: wish I had that deal." Yeah. Create some upward pressure on adults to help us extend it out.
0: So what is it? What is it? What does that do to uh, if if you're a young person? If you're 17 years old and you've got a great business idea. Uh, and you have virtually no regulation that can touch you uh, intrastate, right. uh, that's a pretty powerful thing. That is uh, a benefit. That is age
1: based. You probably sell your business to your younger siblings so that you still qualify for the permit waiver. I don't know. Maybe we'll see some creative approaches like or, that, or put share, put your, put your young sister as a shareholder at go. the very least. Yeah. So you yeah. Can, and, and I mean, I, I hope that exactly what you're saying here that this drives a dialogue because then people are gonna say, well, wait a minute, why suddenly when I turn eighteen do I have to pay all these fees and get all these permits? What is it about you know having a birthday that subjects me to this onslaught of regulations? So what? What is it about having that birthday? That's a great point. Well, I mean, the the age of consent, you know, 18 years old, uh, generally speaking, is just this arbitrary line in the sand. And so this was a great way for us to carve out this huge swath of people from all these regulations and permits and fees. We'd love to see that upward pressure begin to extend further. So how does that happen? That's a great question. As I said, you know, we've, we've shielded the home-based businesses for adults as well. But that was such a huge fight because of the revenue. Um, and so I think the nice thing with these stories is that they're very, as I said earlier, endearing. People are very sympathetic towards these young kids. So I think we have to collect a lot of these stories, show how a lot of these uh, young entrepreneurs are succeeding. And then we can take those success stories and begin to say, well, why well, shouldn't this apply to a college student? Why should a college student who's strapped for cash have to you know, pay all these fees? And we can begin to extend that a little more upward. Okay, and is that the plan? That is a tentative plan. I think we'll let this sit for a while. The the short term is what we actually did in Utah. We turned this you know free market for youngsters into a little bit of a movement uh, that we've called the Children's Entrepreneur Market. So what rather than people you know at the side of their road or on their driveway hoping customers come by, uh, what we did earlier this year is we set up a summer wide, um, summer long series of market events where we brought all the kids together. We'd have you know, hundreds of kids come together. Think of it like a farmer's market, but operated entirely by kids. And then we would do a lot of marketing to bring customers into that market. So nonstop foot traffic coming by. There's all this competition with other kids selling, you know, fidget spinners and bread and cotton candy and everything else. And it was such a great opportunity. The smiles on these kids' faces was phenomenal. The lessons they learned, the parental feedback of how much their kids were valuing it was immense. And so rather than waving people down to, you know, pull off. Over on the side of the car, we were able to have a huge market. But you know, all these parents—it was so funny. The parents are used to regulation, right? Well, wait—do I have to? You know, does my child have to get a permit, or do we have to get a food handlers permit or a business license? So we were constantly having to teach the parents. No, you don't have to do that anymore in Utah. It was a great fun learning opportunity that we're going to continue year over year. What are you working on related to that? Um, and so, one of the big projects that I'm doing right now that that dovetails with this is still using this as an educational opportunity. Uh, So I'm writing uh, another book. I think this will be my 13th book. We're going to call it The uh, Lessons from a Lemonade Stand, An Unconventional Guide uh, to Government. And that should be out actually very soon, a little later this year. And the reason is, is as you talk to people about these stories of these little kids having their lemonade stand shut down, again, that sympathy is almost instantaneous. And so I want to use that as a focal point to have a conversation, mostly with teenagers. This will be a book for teenagers and adults who aren't really familiar with a lot of our uh, issues or philosophy, where we can say, look, you object to this little kid's lemonade stand getting shut down. Why? Does that kid have rights? Is it wrong to make them pay? Is is it wrong to require a permit? Let's look at the underlying reasons why. So what is law? What are rights? And we can use that as a conversation starter to have a much broader conversation about some of these injustices, uh, rights, law, philosophy, and so forth. In uh, conversation and in presentations we've done, it's been very successful. So we're going to extend this into a book and, and continue that conversation. And then, of course, talk to think tanks like Libertas uh, in other states and hope to replicate this success elsewhere throughout the United States as well.
0: Connor Boyack is president and founder of the Libertas Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.